0: Jimmy Murray here with Frank Petalano, and we are at the Cashflow Kings. The Cashflow Kings podcast discusses money, finance, mindset, and investing with an emphasis on cash-flowing real estate.
1: Thanks for joining the Cashflow Kings, and welcome to our new episode, Wholesaling with Sullivan Moore. We are here to help you crush your goals. So guys,
0: before we dive in and invite Sullivan in, um, I just invite you to pay it forward. So if you hear something you like, um, hear a soundbite, a quote, anything, you love the episode, please give us a share on Facebook or on Instagram. We don't take part in any type of paid advertising. We just want to pay it forward and give other investors the opportunity to learn. So with that, Sullivan, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, guys. I'm happy to be on here and uh, share a little bit about my story.
0: No doubt. So we get a chance to catch up a little bit before we um, launch the show. It sounds like you're a wholesaler out of Virginia. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you got started and why wholesaling?
2: Yeah, so I graduated high school in 2020. And, um, you know, during high school, I was buying and selling things on Marketplace, such as dirt bikes, RVs, uh, four-wheelers, and furniture. And, um, you know, I was informed on the process on wholesaling, and I came across this RV. And the seller of the RV actually had a six-unit apartment complex where, I got that under contract and tried selling it for months and uh, I didn't have much luck, but you know, I JV'd with a local wholesaling company and we got it disposed. and my first assignment fee was 42,000. And from there,
1: yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, from there, I started a uh, casual. Yeah. Just 42 K. Right. Yeah, so, that's, that's
1: an amazing <laughs> number for a wholesale fee. I don't care where you are. country.
0: You Give yourself a pat on the back. Like that, that's yeah. good shit. Yeah
2: it was split 50-50 so 21 each but still still, you know, still from high. there I, I i learned and understood the power of real estate and uh it kind of changed my goals with college and everything i, I just kind of wanted to work for myself so since then um i acquired a few virtual assistants and we have a team of uh three virtual assistants who call every day and um they do SMS blasting, direct mail, and I've kind of automated everything to allow myself to just work on the business instead of in the business. Um, Brilliant. So after that, I stopped wholesaling for about six months because I was trying to find a good way to source these distressed leads and uh, came across batch leads where I set up an account and I just spent, um, you know, $3,000 on a skip trace. Uh, it was 20,000 leads. And we started marketing towards that. Um, And, you know, within three months, we were doing multiple deals a month. Um, That started about a year and a half ago. Um, And since then, uh, you know, I've I've, I've done a lot in real estate with owning rental properties, managing Airbnbs um, and stuff like that. But yeah, wholesaling has, is the reason why I got started in real estate. And, you know, it's changed my life. So,
0: what do you think is like your, I don't want to call it primary lead source, but where do, where do you drive most of your close deals from? Is it like a probate um, list, tax lien list? Like, wh- what does it look like? I would probably say
2: government list. So, yeah, there's probate, code violation, tax liens. Um, but we've done very well with uh, acquiring properties from, batch leads and prop stream. Um, So a little bit about how we market towards these properties. We've acquired about 80,000 properties in Roanoke. And we really just recycle that list because what I've found out over the past year or so is that that list is gonna be good for a long period of time because the key factor in a motivated seller is timing. So just because you talked oh, yeah. to them six months ago, doesn't mean that, you know, that's not potential leads six months later. So we'll go through that list every about three months and we'll recycle it and we'll follow up with the sellers. We'll mark the leads. Is this a warm lead? Is this a follow up lead? And we'll go from there. But I believe the biggest thing in wholesaling is timing. You know, you might talk to a seller a, a month before someone else does and they get that lead. So developing the rapport, you know, um, being personable and developing a relationship with a seller. So that lasts, you know, for the next years to find that timing and go from there. I mean, um, I love that. Yeah.
0: So when you talk about like finding the right timing, what sure. are some, like, is there a certain, I'm guessing that you use some type of script for your VAs. Yeah. But is there a question buried into that script that helps you kind of game the timing? to make sure you're back in front of that seller at the right point?
2: Yeah. So timing goes with motivation. And that's one thing we always seek on our, on our cold calls or or, our text is to really find that motivation. So once we, you know, kind of talk to them for a few minutes, we just ask them a simple question. Why are you looking to sell that property? And usually that's going to be that motivation on why they want to. And we hammer down on that. So we leverage that motivation to, uh, you know, get a better price, to extend closing, stuff like that. Um, so it's really just asking why they want to, and then leveraging that to benefit yourself.
1: What are the main answers? answers? Are people mostly just in denial? Or, or what's, what's the story here? You know, I mean, you've talked to quite a few, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, so sometimes it's just age. Sometimes, um, you know, someone in their family passes or uh, you know, life's unexpected. So people come across hard times pretty often and, um, it varies, you know, it could be age, it could be money, it can be death. Um, but I, I would think most of the time it's money, you know, people are distressed and they need that quick sale to, um, you know, pay off debt, get rid of liens, stuff like that. Gotcha. Manager. I'm just
1: thinking, like the we we had a nine unit that we actually bought through a mailer like this, and uh, she messaged us. She's like, uh, "I just got the I just got your your letter. It's like, no, you got our tenth letter. <laughs> but, you know, I I know right? obviously, it didn't matter to me. We still got the deal, and we've done pretty well with it, Jimmy. You know the property very well, pretty well,
0: well. Yeah. pretty well. Yeah, dude. He's yeah, he's he's pulling your leg. Like, I'm pretty sure there's probably a half million dollar pickup there over the last three to four years in um, wow. equity alone, right? With a rent roll now being north of a hundred thousand dollars a year. Nice. So how many I units do y'all own?
1: I have about 40 in Rhode Island, uh, another 12 in New Hampshire, and I'm also in syndication. So I'm I'm all over the place. And I also have a
0: hotel in Punta Cana. So oh wow. You got this guy with the hotel, right? It's kind of spread. I've been more focused on the flip game. So that's okay. where it's it's a little bit different. We, we focus on flipping multifamilies, but my bread and butter is like, I build a relationship with the wholesalers. They bring us deals. I put on a contract, I hand it off to the team. I show back up on the, the other side. So I'm acquisition and disposition and the team runs with it. Um, But I try to say, focus on the parts of the business that I love the most. Sure. I put a, I put a really solid team in place to take care of what they love to do. Um, so then we honestly, like one of the biggest things that we've done over the last several months is onboard with monday.com to get our processes really tight. So literally every time we find a new step that we might've missed, we go back and plug it in. So then there's nothing missed and we can provide a much more streamlined experience for our investors that we work with, as well as the folks that bring us the deals. And that's just led to, to more deals being brought our way because they know that we can close on time and get all our shit tight, uh, to make sure there's no, there's no headaches.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Credibility is a big piece there. 100%. Heck yeah. So with your wholesaling, how far away from where you live, I mean, your target market, how big is it? And are you just staying and focusing on like one major market? Are you starting to spread out? What's the the story?
2: Um, Well, in the beginning, I was mainly focused on Roanoke and I tried going virtual, but You know, I'm in the real estate game, I believe relationships are very important. So developing the relationships virtually, it was kind of something I had to learn. But, yeah, I'm really just focused on Roanoke. Uh, We've done a few deals down in Danville. Uh, They have a lot of economic growth. How far away is that? uh, I'd say that's around 50 miles south of Roanoke, Um, lower income area. But like I said, a lot of economic growth uh, with a new casino. So I've done a few wholesale deals down there, but uh, Roanoke's really my bread and butter. What about Driving for
1: dollars? Doing any driving for dollars at all anymore or what?
2: Uh, I used to actually just outsource that to a buddy of mine. Um, You know, I told him, look, if you want to get started, this is the best way. Uh, He drives a few times a week collecting properties. And I told him, you know, if we work something
0: out, we'll split the profits 50-50. Love that. So I think like where most people get or most young wholesalers get stuck is it's cool when they find a deal, but then they get stuck where, where do I have a buyer? So I know like Frank and I are big on, listen, as long as you find the deal, the money's the easy part. We've lived that. We've learned it. But if you could give anybody advice on the, the disposition part in terms of finding a buyer, what would you tell them?
2: Uh, I would tell them networking is probably the biggest uh, key with disposition. If you don't know people, you're not going to sell it. So networking with realtors, other investors, um, brokers, stuff like that, that's going to open your horizon to uh, new potential buyers. But I mean, like you said, if a deal is there, the buyer's going to come. And with social media, the way it is now, it's, it's pretty difficult not to sell a property if the, the equity is there. Um, you know, I, I've used Facebook Marketplace before. I'm not a huge fan on that, but uh, there's plenty of resources out there to, to get the you know deal sold. And like I did on my first deal, I JV'd with a local wholesaling company, so, so that that will allow you to kind of learn the ropes of it. But you know, if it's a good deal, I think you'll be able to sell it. Um, just you know, use
0: your resources. At you, man. So I've got a deal. I'm a young wholesaler. I don't have any buyers. What's my first step? Like, if you were to name steps one through three, yep. What's that look so like? First
2: step is to take action by uh, networking. So call five realtors a day, um, go to your local real estate meetup. Um,
0: That's just step two. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you can't fire away.
2: Yeah. I mean, you, you just can't sit there and expect everything to come to you. You have to be willing to take action. You took action to get the deal. Now you have to take more action to get it closed. So that's been my biggest thing is to tell people, look, nothing's going to happen unless you take action. And that was my biggest part, you know, with starting with Facebook Marketplace and buying and selling on there to wholesaling now to rentals. It's all from taking action. Um,
0: Yeah, so... I can remember one of the earliest Bigger Pockets podcasts I listened to. I can't remember who the investor was, but their key phrase was "massive action drives massive results," okay. and I've lived by that to this day. Right? I'm like the more work working. you put in, it's going to drive the results. It may take a little bit of time, yeah, but that's what's going to really determine your level of success. How much work you willing to put in?
2: Yeah, and, and especially the point. being being consistent, you know. Just because you're taking action for one month doesn't mean anything. You have to take action for years on years on years. Hell yes, it's it's it's, it's a struggle, but uh, it pays off. And real estate's not easy, but you know once you learn the rubs, everything's gonna make be ten times easier. So.
0: so, Sullivan, for the listeners, how old are you? I'm 20 years old. You guys, so if you're listening on this podcast, Sullivan is 20 years old and he's figured it out. So. Listen a little closer here, because this is exactly what you need to hear. If you haven't taken massive action, if you haven't chased what you want, um, Sullivan, one of the, the guys that I love to follow is Andy Priscilla. He's based out of Missouri. And he, he dropped the key phrase probably 100 podcasts ago. I am like a religious listener to his podcast about discipline, discipline delivers happiness, right? And I, I live by that, right? So if you can stay disciplined, you put in, the, put in the work, take the action every single day, it's going to deliver the happiness and the results that you're seeking. Yeah. I had that on my board for, I think, a year on most of the podcasts, Frank. So I don't know if a lot of people picked up on that, but that's one of the things I repeat to myself. Um, because if you're not put in the work, you're not achieving the results, you're not going to be happy. Yeah. Or you're not going to be able to, you know, lead as much of a fulfilled life as you would want.
1: Right. 100%. So, I you're still doing the wholesaling. Have you started to take some of these and turn them into um, flips and long-term holds? And what are you doing?
2: Yeah. So, um, probably about a year into wholesaling, uh, I found a a mentor who um, you know allowed me to start buying properties with them. So, at a young age, it's kind of hard to get that credit and income you would need to qualify for a bank. So. know i built a relationship with my mentor i asked him if we could partner on these deals because you know i was sourcing all these undermarket and off market deals Um, so he said sure and we started buying last november Uh, we've acquired 34 residential units that are all buying holds and then we acquired a 28 unit mobile home park Um, so we're working through most of those units trying to get them stabilized but yeah, uh, I've done a few flips. Um, I'm actually working through a couple now, but I really like the, um, the rental game because you can cash out refi and oh, yeah. uh, get that money tax free instead of just selling it on the market and you're subject to 30% of capital gain. So why not hold it, pull the equity out, use that cash to continue? And the cash you receive is tax-free and the tenants are just paying off the debt. And that's the easiest way to scale, in my opinion. And that's why I'm kind of more interested in rentals rather than flipping.
1: I'm just loving uh, you discussing the power of partnerships. So, I mean, what you do, I mean, I consider you mainly a a wholesaler, but... You, you brought in wholesaling JVs. Uh, I think about how you're doing rehabs and owning property. You brought in a mentor that's partnered with you. You know, the power of partnerships. You, you want to f- uh, flip that or sell that. What do you do? You talk to brokers. You talk to investors.
0: You go to your local RIA. You know? Yeah, 100%. Frank, it goes right back to what you say all the time. Like real estate investing is a team sport. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people get into this game and they think it's me versus you when it's no different than the rest of your life, it's me versus me, like, how do I get better? How do I build the right relationships, find the right partners? Because what I found is that real estate investing is extremely collegial in the sense that when you have a deal, people are willing to partner and provide advice. So That's right. we're harping on this as always, but go out and build those relationships, man. That's how you're gonna develop a significantly higher level of success in a very short period of time.
2: Yeah.
0: A really I good think, to go like Sullivan here
2: yeah and that's something that I've focused on uh, from the get-go is to build my relationships because I believe your network is your net worth and without these relationships I wouldn't be where I am today um, you know when I when I got started wholesaling you know I wanted to get those big assignments but I sat down and I realized if I can just offer more than what everyone else is offering and just make a few thousand here and there but by doing that i'm helping the seller by getting more money and i'm building relationships with the seller and they're gonna remember me when they hear my name they'll remember me they'll say hey he got me the most money for my house and whenever someone they know needs to sell their house they're going to refer me to them so that's why i believe building the rapport and the relationships with the seller no matter if it benefits you in the future, it's gonna it's gonna pay off. And same thing goes for the investors. I want to pro- provide as much value as I can to these investors because I know it's gonna pay off in the future.
1: Sullivan, you said when you started wholesaling, you were thinking about college. Did you end up going to college? Did you end up switching majors? What are you What are you working on now with that with that aspect of your life?
2: Yeah, I was kind of undecided coming out of college or coming out of high school. Excuse me. I didn't know whether or not I wanted to go, but um, you know, I moved out of, out of my house at 18, I got an apartment and I was buying and selling things on marketplace. And I didn't think that was, um, you know, enough income to really be sustainable. So college was always in the back of my head. Um, but I was very undetermined on what I wanted to do. So real estate kind of fell in my lap and I've,
1: you know, been going with it since. We get it. Uh, I, I, I was a full-time school teacher for many years and I said that college was not a need for everyone. It's a need for special skills. So, you Mm -hmm. know, if you're doing well in real estate, just keep growing with it.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: hundred percent. Um, yeah. What's your, what's your biggest challenge right now in your business? My biggest
2: challenge is probably automating, um, my business. I'm, I'm working on it, but really, uh, getting these systems, um, fine tuned to allow me to kind of just work on my business. That's something I'm kind of working on now is to, uh, fine tune my follow-up systems, my lead generation, um, stuff like that. I mean, I'm not the best at it, but you know, that's something we're working on every single day.
1: So. Nice. Um, if, At the age of uh, twenty, what's a word of advice for someone like uh, that's just getting in, thinking about real estate? Would you would you recommend they go into wholesaling game, or would you recommend them doing something else?
2: Um, I think wholesaling is a great way to get started, but you know, there's many options to get started in real estate. Wholesaling is going to take a lot of uh, work up front, um, but I mean, with no money, that wholesaling is the best way to get started. You, You really don't need any money to get started.
1: So talk about that work up front for a second, because there's so many people that that haven't discussed wholesaling as having any type of work involved besides just driving around. Sure. Uh,
2: making those calls. That's probably the most difficult part uh, until you outsource that. Uh, following up with sellers every single day, because I still call it myself. Like I outsource most of my leads to my VAs, but You know, when I'm calling these heavy investors and I'm trying to get a hold of them, it takes multiple calls throughout the week just to get in contact with them. And then that's just the initial call. You have four follow-up calls after that to close the deal. So really just staying consistent on your follow-ups, on your initial calls, just because they don't answer doesn't mean you need to give up. You need to continue to call them every single day until they pick up, find time for this,
0: um, that's that's the hardest part i mean discipline 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 right
1: you need discipline for the consistency
0: it drives the whole equation you're on it man yeah you're on it no doubt
1: do you just have discipline or do you write like goals and have a list
2: yeah i actually have a whiteboard over here with my goals right when i wake up it's the first thing i see so um i think that's really important and this year i'm really focused on clarity so uh, I want to be clear with my intentions
0: and my business. So I think that's a huge factor. Frank, what does that sound like? Let's go. It's it's like he read the Frank and Jimmy playbook here, man. <laughs> right. So Sullivan, I'm a huge believer in the power of the universe. I've got a, um, I read the book, The Secret a number of years ago. Conor McGregor introduced me to it. I've got a secret calendar on my desk, right? Power visualization, speaking things into existence, harnessing the power of the universe and you're on it. Like, listen, I wake up, try to get in that clarity, know where I'm gonna head. Yeah, speak into existence, just make it happen. Yeah, exactly. I know at your age,
1: I was definitely not doing that, so that's what I'm loving about this, you know. Yeah, no, I was in college,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, not nah, manual levels ahead of us. What you've been able to accomplish and where you're headed is super impressive. You've got your shit together for Talk sure. Talk about
1: your typical deal. I mean, an average property, how, how would the numbers work in your market? Just pick. Anything to say, ah, this is what a typical deal would look like.
2: So in my market, there's a few, and I'm sure this is with every city, but you have the lower income areas, you have the higher income areas, but we're talking about a lower income area in Roanoke. Typically a a property, if it's worth $100,000, you know, and it's turnkey, it's ready to rent. Now it offers some, you know, around $75,000. So still leaving that 25% of equity in there, but, um, you know, that 1% rule is something I've, I've, I've kind of went by. And um, that's what investors are kind of looking at. As long as they can pay off their mortgage and cash flow a few hundred dollars, um, you know, I'll be able to dispo it. But every deal is different. I mean, you have the age of the house, the condition of the house, the location. So it's kind of hard to, you know, just make up a deal. But in those lower income areas, you know, 1% to 1.5% of rents to purchase price is something I kind of go
1: by. What's the biggest Uh, deal you've done? Like the the largest property or just some cool story or some big deal you've worked
2: on? Well, my first deal, that was 42,000. And then we just um, sold a property for 38,000, which was 100% um, to me. That's my biggest assignment so far. Um, But probably the coolest deal that we've done is either the mobile home park or this 40 unit apartment complex I'm working on right now. Um, I've, you know, I'm trying to get a 19 unit, uh, portfolio under contract too. So there's a lot of stuff in the works that is really cool. And, you know, probably, um, the best I've done so far, but, um, you know, that 38,000 assignment fee is something that I worked really hard for. And it, it paid off. That's my biggest fee so far. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: What is you? so obviously those are the big ones. What would be the, in, you're dealing with you said, a lot of hundred thousand um, dollar homes as an ARV or as a, as a purchase price to the, to the investors or the value, what would be your typical um, wholesale fee?
2: Um, it just depends. You know, I, I don't like to, jack up my fee with some of these investors because like i said your relationships 10 times more important than making You're saying five, five
1: to ten thousand on the typical one or are we- yeah
2: yeah typically under 10 but it just depends like sometimes I'll, I'll be upfront with them like look i can just buy this myself with private money and sell it for thirty thousand, so i have to make 15 on it but other times you know if i just want a quick sale to a cash buyer five to ten thousand is something i work with um but it, you know it varies. Sometimes I only make a thousand dollars. Sometimes I make fifteen hundred. Sometimes I make twenty grand. It really just depends. Um, but yeah, I would say average five to ten thousand.
1: Awesome. Here's the questions we throw at everybody. First question: If someone wants to become a better investor, what would you recommend?
2: Spookly. Becoming a better investor, I think the way to do that is just network. I mean. You're nothing without the people around you. You have to build relationships. You have to provide value to these people. Um, So, you know, I I think that's the most important part. Um, Take action every day to meet someone new, to strengthen a relationship. Um,
1: Yeah. Good stuff. I was muted. What's one book do you've read Lately, they would consider a must read. Um, I don't know, honestly. I I
2: really don't read much. That's something I'm trying to do better in 2022 and 2023. But, um, I've only read a handful of books, and the first book I read is it's kind of a memorable one out of the ones
1: you've read. What's the most memorable?
2: I mean the one that changed my life is Rich Dad Poor Dad but you know everyone says that. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big reader. I like to occupy my time by in the
1: field and uh, experience. Oh, yeah, by fire,
0: man. Hell yeah. like uh, it's Rich- hard
1: to have a bad book there so that's fine. Rich Dad Poor Dad. I don't care if we've heard of it a thousand times. It's still an amazing book. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Next question. Oh, the last question. What do you want to be when you grow up? Which means Five or 10 years down the road in your business, what are you hoping to be doing?
2: Um, I hope to be flying. Um, So recently I have uh, been training to become a pilot. So that's something I I fell in love with is aviation. Um, So within 10 years, I hope to be flying around the world, traveling to my Airbnbs and, you know, just uh, aviation has literally changed my life. It's something I to do almost every single day. Um, I want to own a plane in, in the future, maybe start a, a flight school. Um, but I think aviation is the way, is where I'm headed. Uh, real estate is kind of just my foundation. But in the future, I really want to do something I truly love. And I wake up every day happy just to do it.
1: So to speak that into existence, Jimmy and I talk about this all the time. What is the plane that you want? <laughs> Plane on one. I love that right reaction. now. <laughs> right
2: now, I fly a Cessna 172, which is just very small plane, but uh, I'd like to get a higher rating. some IFR rating and then my high performance rating. Um, I'd probably like to go with like a Pilatus PC 12 turboprop, which is like an eight person jet. Um, and you know, you can actually land those on uh, fields. So, uh, it's something. Look at that. that.
1: Yeah,
2: I'd like to to own a house with a grass run run strip. strip.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, we have so we have friends. I mean, I have friends right now that are that are aviation enthusiasts. They own their own planes, so that's why we're having we're helping you speak this into existence right now.
2: I know. Yeah, hopefully
0: it happens. It's my goal. (laughs) It's gonna happen. Sullivan, we appreciate having you on. Um, if somebody want to reach out to you, like what's the best way to follow you on social or, or touch base if they had any questions.
2: Yeah. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I'm trying to be more active with creating content and stuff like that, but, uh, I'm sure I'm the only Sullivan more out there. So if you just look that up, I'm sure I'll come up. Um, you'll see a young picture of me. So you can, uh, DM me with any questions. Um, you know,
0: I'm happy to help anyone. So. All right, guys, you heard it here. If you're interested in learning more, check out Sullivan Moore on Instagram or on Facebook. We appreciate you tuning into this episode of the Cashflow Kings podcast. In between podcasts, feel free to check out our website at thecashflowkings.com or check out our daily content on Instagram under the handle thecashflowkings.
1: The Cashflow Kings program is for basic entertainment purposes only. We do not give official legal tax or investment advice.